The Feminist Press is a partner of Fierce Women Writing. Founded in 1970 and celebrating their 50th anniversary, The Feminist Press seeks to create a world where everyone recognizes themselves in a book. A nonprofit and independent publisher, they support storytelling that ignites movements and inspires social transformation. The Feminist Press lifts up insurgent and marginalized voices from around the world to build a more just future. Learn more about their books at feministpress.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Deborah Salazar Shapiro. Deborah Salazar Shapiro, MSW, is a psychotherapist, mindfulness and compassion teacher, forest therapy guide, and author of The Magical Mindful Day. Born and raised in El Salvador, she lives in San Diego and has worked with children and families for over 15 years. Here's Deborah Salazar Shapiro reading from her recent children's book, which is available in English and Spanish. I'll read from The Magical Mindful Day. The main character in The Magical Mindful Day is a girl named Gabby who is playing on the beach with her mother and her toy cat named Baba. So Gabby finds trash washing up on the shore and as she and Baba are walking along the beach, Gabby meets a mysterious talking cat named Ariel, and they begin a conversation about the earth and mindfulness. Gabby looked up and saw a cat standing knee-deep in the tide I didn't know cats like water, she said. There are many things people do not know about cats. The cat said, chuckling. I'm Gabby, and this is Baba, but he doesn't like to get wet. Hi, Baba. It's always nice to meet a fellow cat. I'm Oreo. Gabby giggled. She thought that was a funny name for a cat. Oreo, where is all this trash coming from? She asked, pointing to the plastic rings. Gabby was afraid they could hurt the fish, the dolphins, and the birds. It comes from people who are not mindful. They forget that the earth is their friend. What does mindful mean? Gabby asked. Good question. To be mindful means paying attention to what's going on around you and also being aware of what's going on inside of you each moment and being okay with it, Oreo said. How did you learn to be mindful? Gabby asked. Long ago, when I was your age, I had a very wise mindfulness teacher named Bodhi who lived high in the Himalaya mountains. What did Bodhi teach you? How to be happy and have a big heart, 
Oreo said, "Just like what Mama and Papa and my teacher Miss Sophie teach me." Lovely, Oreo said. Oreo, can you teach us how to be mindful so we can help the animals stay safe from the not so mindful people? Of course, Oreo said. But when the tide comes in, I must return home. Where do you live? Gabby asked. Oreo pointed toward the cliffs behind them. I live with a family high up on that hill, he said. But they have televisions and computers and cell phones that make me tired. That's why I come to the beach. We have computers and cell phones, and sometimes we watch television. Gabby said, "But mostly, Baba and I like to play outdoors. Me too. And the beach is is peaceful." Oreo said. Being here reminds me to practice mindfulness and care for the earth. We take care of the earth too," Gabby said proudly. At school, we recycle cans, plastic bottles, boxes, and paper. Miss Sophie reminds that that paper comes from trees, and that we need to use it with care. At home, we recycle just about everything, even food. Gabby continued, "We have a compost pile for orange and banana peels and strawberry tops. To save water, we take quick showers instead of baths. And sometimes, to save electricity at night, we turn off all the lights for a while and go outside to look at the stars." Ah,、oh, Oreo said with delight, "That's a big part of being mindful." Really, Gabby said, "Yes." You can practice mindfulness in many, many ways," Oreo said as they squished their toes in the wet sand. It doesn't matter where you are; you can be mindful while you are sitting, standing, walking, and even when you are doing chores at home. Oreo took a deep breath. Here, I'll show you. Just wiggle your body until it feels nice and soft. Like a bunny, Gabby wiggled and wiggled. What do you notice? I feel calm and happy. Great! You see, mindfulness is simple, and there's no right or wrong way of doing it. Oreo said. Now take a big breath. Feel how the earth holds you, just like your mama holds you, or how you hold your best friend. Gabby inhaled and exhaled. When I take a big breath, my tummy fills with air and looks so round, just like the Earth. She said, imagining she was holding the Earth in her body. Gabby took another big breath. With each breath in and each breath out, you are mindfully connecting with the Earth. Oreo said, "Am I connecting with the waves too?" Yes, just like every drop of water connects to create the waves in the ocean, we all connect to one another to create the world around us and inside of us. I am the wave, and the wave is in me. Gabby shouted. Oreo smiled, and you are the earth, and the earth is in you. Gabby and Baba breathed. 
and breathe. Earth in, earth out. Earth in, earth out. In, out. Thank you so much for sharing that excerpt from the Magical Mindful Day. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me to be a guest on your show. And uh, like I usually say, may this be a benefit. Deborah, what are your ideal conditions to write? I used to be very rigid about needing a quiet space or time to write. But over the years, as I learned to meditate, I have also learned how to place distractions like noises into the background and focus on my writing. That said, I am the mother of a five-year-old girl, (laughs) and if I want to get things done, I have to make an effort to write before she wakes up. I'm an early bird. So I'll write at 4 or 5 a.m., usually after my morning meditation, and after I listen or read something inspiring for about five or ten minutes. And at other times when I write something for fun or I'm journaling, My daughter and I sit in the garden and I ride by hand. And actually, being in nature, which is a gentle environment, more accurately reflects our human evolution than being in an urban and artificial environment. Being in nature is is familiar and relaxing to us and makes our creativity flow. So I definitely like to write in nature when I I can. Why do you write? (sighs) That's such a deep question. I write to turn compassion into action, and a definition of compassion I like is a sense of concern that arises when we are confronted with another suffering and we feel motivated to see the suffering relieved. So when I see the causes and effects of suffering, I feel called to do something about it. That is the main reason I wrote my children's book and most of my essays. Also, I'm in a position of some privilege, so I feel a a deep responsibility to contribute in a way that might alleviate the suffering of people, animals, and the planet. What are your best writing tips? Definitely to read a lot, (laughs) especially if you're writing in another language, just like me, Um, to do some free writing, and to be disciplined about your writing, to set a time and a day to write. Do not wait for inspiration, just write. And before I write specifically, I take a a few deep conscious breaths. I notice how my body feels after whatever activity I've been just been engaged in, including waking up in the morning. And then I focus on my heart area and ask myself, what is it? that wants to manifest through me and through my writing. Then I trust that intuition. I also ask for support from my teachers and ancestors during my process, and then I begin writing. I have to say, Sarah, that without the support and guidance of my ancestors and mentors, teachers, I wouldn't be here today. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? Oh, good one. (laughs) Hmm. The most important thing is to remember to be kind to yourself. We are juggling so many things in our lives that it is important to 
soften around the doing and the need to produce something. Take a walk in nature if possible, slowing down and focusing on your senses and avoiding the use of electronics. Try writing in different places. This is from Natalie Goldberg. And I would add, wear different pieces of clothing. I, I have noticed that my body tends to soften when I wear a fussy robe that I have. And sometimes I write wearing that. Also, um, it is important to remember or share humanity as writers and that we are not alone in feeling blocked sometimes. I have noticed that if we move out of the way like it is commonly said, meaning if we let go a little bit of the striving and contemplate what it would be like to manifest creative work through accessing our authentic self, as I was mentioning before, things have the potential to, to change and to shift. So try that. Mm -hmm. What about editing and revising tips? I write in two languages. So, so my editing is different in English than in Spanish. When I write in English, I notice that my inner critic, critic or super editor, I call it, gets highly activated. And I have to just gently say, not now, thank you. Let me write first and then we will revise. Mm. But the if the inner critic is really strong, I, I pause, take some deep breaths, and remind myself of my intention for writing. After I, I'm done working on a project, I read it out loud, try to imagine who will read it, and then I show it to my partner. And when I feel that the piece is ready, I send it to my editor. I am very fortunate to have an editor that I respect and trust and who make things easier for me. So I think it is important to have someone you trust who will read the gifts from your heart and that will treat them with respect. Would you share your submission to publication ratio? <laughs> I haven't done a lot of pitches, but to be honest, I think it is a 99.9% .9 rejection rate. Um, I, I believe rejection makes you stronger and, and that, we should, that we should not take it personally. We should definitely never, never give up especially if there is something that we feel deep in our hearts that should manifest through us into the world. When I published The Magical Mindful Day, I waited for nine months to hear a no from this publishing company that I felt was my ideal match. And that, without a doubt, taught me a lot about myself and showed me that we don't know where the path will take us, but to trust it. Who are some other women writers we should be aware of right now? There are so many. <laughs> um, but because we are in dire times and, and our world needs peace, healing, and racial justice, I like the work of meditation teacher Ruth King. On one of her books, Mindful of Race, Ruth says that racism is a heart disease and it's curable. She teaches us beautifully and tenderly how to begin this exploration of being mindful of race and to heal our conditioning through mindfulness meditation. 
And another area I think women should read about is how to bring more self-compassion into our lives. Because if we are more compassionate with ourselves, um, we can spread that compassion to others, to our families, and, and that has a ripple effect into our communities and into our world. And, and this approach of directing compassion to ourselves when we need it the most can be definitely transformative. In fact, it, it completely changed my life. So I, I would recommend starting with the work of Dr. Kristin Neff, who is a pioneer on mindful self-compassion. And where can listeners find you online? In terms of social media right now, I, I prefer Instagram. My handle is at Deborah Salazar Shapiro. And uh, people can also reach me through my website or email info at DebraSalazarShapiro.com. Thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today, Deborah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Deborah's prompt at the top of your page, and free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. So, write about a time when you felt deeply connected to the earth or nature in some way and include as many sensory details as you can recall. One of my key takeaways from this interview with Deborah was when she said that if you truly believe in what you've written, to not give up on it. So much of her work seems to be connected to this idea she shared of tapping into her intuition and asking what wants to come through her and through her writing. I really loved hearing about that process. Do you have a favorite author you'd like to hear on the show? Send me an email or slide into my DMs on Instagram and tell me who I should interview next. I love doing these interviews and getting to share the inner workings of these writers with you. If the episodes are helping your writing practice, please consider becoming a supporter of the show on my website. For as little as $2 a month, you can help ensure that the podcast continues. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Women Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.